Welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors, the official podcast of Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. We live by the motto, it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. And we live the outdoor lifestyle every day. Whether you're a landowner or dreaming of joining the ranks of those closest to the earth, we're your brothers and sisters of the outdoors. We hunt, we fish, we're stewards of the land. And our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper. Hi, I'm Bill Cooper, and welcome to Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. Today, we're going to talk some trout fishing. And in particular, we're going to talk about the Missouri Blue Ribbon Trout Slam. That's kind of a new animal on the scene in the last couple of years. And I'm fortunate to have on the program today with me Kyle Picorni, and he's from Kansas City, Missouri. Kyle, it's great to have you on the program today. Thanks, Bill. Excited to be here. Hey, I tell you what, it, it is always fun to talk to a fellow trout fisherman. You know, I don't know how long you've been trout fishing, but I've been at it for decades. I'm probably much older than you, though. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> being from the Kansas City area, uh, what's the closest trout fishing you have to you? Oh, man, yeah, uh, pretty far. Um, <laughs> probably Bennett Springs or one of those. Um, we have to travel a little bit, so we like to do our uh, – uh, carp fishing on the fly here. That's kind of where we get our addiction then since we don't have trout around here. <laughs> you, you betcha, but I, I tell you what, you must be a serious trout fisherman if you travel those kind of miles uh, to get to those fish. And a lot of people do that, and I think it's great, you know. Uh, I've been at this sport mm-hmm. for, actually been at the sport of uh, fly fishing for, wow, over 60 years. I started when I was about 10 years old, but I was from the Boot Hill, Missouri, and I was fishing the, the swamps for monster bass and bluegill and that sort of thing. And I'd never seen a trout. And But I had a uncle from over in Illinois that used to travel to Montauk a lot. And he got to talking one time. We, we were sitting on a bio bank, you know, fishing, swatting the mosquitoes mm-hmm. and fishing for catfish. And he got to talking about these clear waters up in the hills that he called the Ozarks, and he could see fish in the stream. You know, I thought he's telling a fairy tale because I grew up on muddy waters. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. But I eventually got into it, and lo and behold, I wound up after college in the military being a superintendent of Merrimack Spring Park for several years, and then I was actually the naturalist over at Bennett Spring and Mon- Montauk for a while. So oh, okay. that's how I got my introduction to trout fishing, but I can remember. I remember first time I ever saw Merrimack Spring Park. I came down from college with a college professor, a forestry professor, who was taking an outdoor recreation class. And I happened to be at Merrimack Spring on opening day on a Saturday, and there were over 3,000 people there. And I remember making a statement, I'll never be caught dead doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, these these blue ribbon trout streams are uh, right up your alley then. Oh, they they really are, but I I love it all. You know, there's a place for all of them. But Kyle, how long how long have you been fly fishing and trap fishing? Um, probably, I think about ten years. Um, I was a sophomore in college when my cousin. So I um, am from Nebraska originally, and my cousin reached out to me um, to go fly fishing for some trout uh, below McConaughey Lake on the North Platte River in Nebraska. Um, where the dam releases there, there's a a pretty good spillway with trout in it. And we went up there and caught 20 inch rainbow after 20 inch rainbow. And so I was pretty hooked after that. Yeah. Yeah, What an introduction. (laughs) I know. Right. It's kind of been downhill ever since for me, unfortunately, (laughs) but, uh, um, but now actually most of my trout fishing, I honestly do is out in the mountains. Um, I enjoy hunting and hiking, um, out west in Colorado and Wyoming. And so whether I'm hunting or hiking, I always have a fly rod in my pack so I can have a little uh, shore lunch of a uh, brook trout or or maybe get lucky and get into some trout on some nicer streams up there. So that's where I do a lot of mine these days. Well, that's not a bad place to be. I, I haven't been out west a whole lot, but I have fished some of the streams out there. And, and boy, it, it's just a beautiful, beautiful setting. And I actually in Yellowstone one time, some of us did quite a 
backpacking trip. We were hoping to fish Shoshone Lake there, a huge natural mm-hmm. lake. But I saw a couple of young men. They looked like they were a quarter mile out in the water and about armpit deep without waders. And it was <laughs> very cold water. And uh, I decided right quick I wasn't going to do that. But there was a little bitty stream that trickled into the lake, and we caught dozens and dozens of little brookies and a lot of those we turned into dinners in the evening you know but uh fishing that's mother- awesome yeah it, it is it's such an incredible experience but uh uh you said somebody invited you to go on your first fly fishing trip and i assume that you've been fly fishing ever since but like you said you, yep. boy, you had a grand start catching 20 inch rainbow after rainbow <laughs> that size yeah. you know <laughs> it, yeah um Unfortunately, it, it's gone uh, because of the drought and whatnot. That um, fishery there below Lake McConaughey, well, it's actually below Lake Ogallala. Lake McConaughey flows into Lake Ogallala, which then spills out into the North Platte River. Um, and unfortunately, it's gone downhill um, a little bit since then. From what I hear, you can still catch some decent ones in there, but um, not like you used to be able to when, yeah, when we were up there and just pulling twenty inch out one after another. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of a dream come true, and and it seems like you know, uh, when those sort of places uh, get discovered, a lot of people discover them at at once. You know, our, our eleven mm-hmm. point river yep. probably thirty years ago, you could catch a lot of a real nice uh, rainbows, and it's not quite what it used to be either. But we still yep. here in the state of Missouri, as you well know, have some fabulous, fabulous uh, fisheries, and you in particular, I, I came across your website the other day or facebook page i guess it was mm-hmm. uh, the missouri blue ribbon trout slam now uh were any of you guys your friends yourself instrumental in helping get this slam started i know it was started by the missouri department of conservation correct uh mostly correct yes so actually um so i'm a board member of the mocan chapter of trout unlimited gotcha. um, which is just like our chapter that grabs the eastern half of Kansas and a large chunk around Kansas City of Missouri, um, chapter of Trout Unlimited there. And one day we were sitting around a table all trying to figure out how to get people more involved and what we can do for trout. And as you imagine, then it's pretty tough for our chapter because we don't have a lot of trout waters in our chapter area. Um, so we started thinking a little broader and one of the guys in our group, Norman Crisp, he used to um, guide a little bit in Missouri. And during that time, he kind of had his own little blue ribbon trout slam um, that he just ran on his own. And I came up with the idea of proposing to the MDC that idea and see if they would sponsor it. So I actually went to the Missouri Department of Conservation at that point, um, and I ended up getting in touch with Andrew Branson, which I believe is the fisheries uh, specialist manager of MDC. And when I met with him, um, we spent probably six to nine months talking through this idea and finally um it kind of came to fruition and um yeah mdc was happy to sponsor it on their webpage and and they handle sending out all of the awards um when people achieve them um on our end on tu's end we help we fund all the awards and then we also keep track of uh entries so that we send those to the mdc then to alert them when they need to send out awards to different individuals if that makes sense it does make sense and i'd like to congratulate congratulate you for going to the effort to start a program like that because sometimes it's quite a a process to have to go through to get anything start uh new and particularly with missouri department Mm -hmm. of conservation and i commend them too for taking their time many times to start new programs they just don't jump into something you know just for the sake of jumping in they check things out very well but it's uh yeah is this the second year of the program uh I guess, well, since it's 2022 now, it's the third year. Um, but yeah, it's been running roughly two years. Um, we, yeah, we started it in February of 2020. And so I guess this will, yep, yeah, you're right. This will be, this February will be the second year, uh, full year that it's been going on. And I just want to backtrack real quick and also say sure. that, yeah, um, I was very appreciative of MDC also being open to this idea. Um, you know, sometimes when you talk to different, um, fisheries groups or, uh, wildlife groups of the different states you know they're they got what they do and they like the way they do it and um mdc was very open to this and we worked together to come up with a plan that would work for both uh trout unlimited and mdc and the trout and uh 
I think we have a pretty cool program. Oh, I think it's just an awesome program. And having fished as long as I have, and I've been in the Ozarks for a little over 40, 40 years, so I've fished a lot of the streams, but I still haven't fished all of the uh, wild trout streams. And I'm 72 years old, and I think this is going to be a new goal of mine to, to get to those last <laughs> couple, you know, and I'll probably have to start all over mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but that's just a neat, neat program. But one of the things I've noticed over the decades as I travel to these wild trout streams, I just most of them I seldom ever run into anyone. Often thought, you know, mm-hmm. people just not know about uh, about these fish. And uh, for example, I wrote for Game and Fish publications for about twenty eight years, and I've. A friend of mine also wrote for them was Spencer Turner, who was our kind of our original trout biologist uh, in the state of Missouri here. So between the two of us, we began to put out quite a bit of information about these streams and did have a Missouri Game and Fish one time, though, kind of expressed a concern. I had uh, uh, proposed an article about covering all of these streams, and an editor there must have been a trout fisherman, was a little sensitive. He said, do you really want to let people know about all these <laughs> streams? And I'm thinking it's, wow, uh, am I giving up honey holes or hot spots, or is he worried about impact on the streams? And it turned out he was worried about impact on the streams. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we all, uh, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. On one side, we we yeah. want to promote and share, but on the other, we want to protect as well. Is is that kind of your you guys' theme? Is that how you operate? Uh, yep, absolutely. Um, we, we've run into that, and we kind of, you know, foresaw that a little bit, um, but we've run into that a lot um, with this program. We definitely have... Um, a lot of people that reach out to us and say, this trout slam is amazing. It's gotten me out onto new streams that I never even knew existed. And one of the streams, you know, is a couple miles from my house. How did I not know? And we've also <laughs> had people reach out and say, you're blowing up our streams. This is terrible. Why would you do this? Um, and so, you know, we're, we're trying to find that balance. And I think the way to find that balance is to let the people um, that know the streams the best make those decisions. And I think those are the biologists. And so I make sure that, I kind of keep data on all of the streams, um, the, the entries I get on the different streams, and I send those on to the biologists, the respective biologists for each stream. And I, I say to them, I say, make sure you are still comfortable with this trout slam going on um, and that you don't think it's a bad thing for the stream. And all of them, every time thus far, have come back and said, we think it's great. We love it. Keep it going. So awesome. Um, I think that's about all we can do for that. And, you know, if it ever were to become an issue, um, like some of the, there is a smaller stream, one of the streams, and this is Barren Fork. Um, it's a very small stream. It can take limited amounts of pressure, but it's also one of the most rural ones. And by the stats, it's the least fish. And the biologist that runs it thinks it's doing just fine. So, you know, if it ever becomes an issue, we'll remove it from the trout slam. Oh, well, I, I may have just contributed to that problem. <laughs> On your Facebook page just a few minutes ago, I posted a picture of an 18-inch rainbow I caught on the Barren Fork, wow, probably 15 years ago. Uh, if it is a problem, I, let I, me know and I'll take that. it down. <laughs> no, you're all right. I mean, I mean, it, it also, you know, it gets people outside. Um, you're, you're, you're getting people out by, you know, posting those types of things, and that's, and that's good in my mind. Um, maybe we run into a day where there's too many people out there and we need to tall, or cut that stuff back, but... I don't think we're at that day just yet. I don't think we are either. Kyle, I need to take just a short uh, break here so we can hear from uh, some of today's sponsors. But, folks, don't go away. We're going to be back in just a couple of minutes. Hi, everyone. Brandon Licklider here with the Marys County Bank. Um, Today, I wanted to talk to you real quickly about the pre-qualification process. Um, As we've talked about, there's a lot of really nice properties out there, and this process can help you be ready to buy when the time is right. Um, Typically at the bank, um, what we're going to collect to pre-qualify would be two years financials at minimum. Um, So we're going to be looking for tax returns, W-2s, pay stubs, anything that's applicable to the transaction itself. And of course, a completed application. We do have several ways we can get that application to you via our website or via encrypted email. Make the process secure if you're not local or if there's you know any special circumstance we need to work with. 
Um, from there, we're going to go through a review process where we're going to go through questions with you and we're going to really look at um, your situation as it pertains to the transaction, um, gather all of that information and really make the best decision for you moving forward. And again, this, this process is really designed to help you be prepared to buy when the time's right. So as we've talked about, these properties are really booking up fast. So when you see them out there, you know what your buying power is, you know what you're capable of doing allows you to act quickly and and be in the running for some of these great properties. Um, In closing here, just want to let you know that the Marys County Bank is an equal housing lender and member FDIC. And if you have questions or you'd like to talk through this process with me, feel free to reach out to me at 573-265-4600. Again, my name is Brandon Licklider with the Marys County Bank. Welcome back to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. Oh, I think we've got a great show going here today. Got a great guest, Kyle Percorny. Boy, I worry about getting your name wrong, Kyle. Um, I, I bet it, I <laughs> bet, you wouldn't I, be the first to get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I've seen that name before. But, it's hey, it's always fun to come across new names and new people. And it's sure been a pleasure talking to you this morning. Uh, and, again, kudos for uh, helping start this uh, Missouri Blue Ribbon Trout Slam. And as we closed mm-hmm. in the last session, we were talking kind of about the pros and cons. You know, you get folks that, oh, I just think it's a great idea, and you get folks that kind of browbeat you for starting such a program. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that I've found out over the decades, people find something pretty sweet. A lot of people like to keep it to themselves. But being in the mm-hmm. outdoor media industry, it's kind of been, I felt like my uh, – personal job over the years you know to let people know about uh things in the outdoors so that they can have some new experiences and this is certainly a grand new experience i think in the state of missouri i mean these streams have been here forever and of course there's lots of history surrounding the trout uh the trout in many of these streams came from actually railroad crews you know back in the 1800s as they scattered uh, mm-hmm. fish across the state in these cold water streams and and some i think some private stockings took place and a lot of the history is a little bit vague but you know, the fact is, we have them today. We've got them to enjoy. Now, I know you've got a bit more history with these streams than me. Uh, I've been around a long time and fished several of them for, for years, but you've been working in this program for a couple of years, and I'm sure have talked to hundreds and hundreds of, of trout fishermen from across the state. So you get a little different uh, bird's eye view of what's going on out there. But can you run through, uh, quick like run through a list of the streams so that people can hear the names and uh, some will be familiar to people and some won't and then maybe we can go through and kind of break them down by each string sure um yeah so these are the nine blue ribbon streams of missouri and blue ribbon is just um what missouri uses to uh, clarify the regulations for a particular stream Um, i think they have blue ribbon white ribbon and red ribbon with the restrictions getting more um allowing use of more tools to catch the fish as you go down towards red. Um, blue ribbon is the most strict. Um, for example, you can only use flies or artificial lures. Um, every, or if you're in, you can only keep one trout and it has to be over 18 inches. So that's what a blue ribbon trout stream is. And also, um, these streams all are wild trout. Uh, the Missouri department of conservation doesn't stock, uh, these blue ribbon sections of these streams. Now trout might swim up from a stock section somewhere else, but for the most part, a lot of these trout are wild, um, which kind of makes this a really cool uh, trout slam. Um, so if someone wants to see the list of the streams, they could go to the Missouri Department of Conservation website. If they just Google like MDC uh, Blue Ribbon Trout Slam, it would take them right there. And on that page, you can click uh, a link that takes you to all the streams. Um, and in alphabetical order, those streams are Barren Fork Creek, Blue Springs Creek, Crane Creek, the Current River, which has multiple sections. Um, the blue ribbon section is what you have to catch the trout in for this slam. Eleven Point River, Little Piney Creek, Mill Creek, North Fork of the White River, and Spring Creek. Those are the nine streams. Okay. Pretty classy. I'm, I'm trying to keep up with you, uh, see how many of these I have fished. I think, I think I've got them all but three. <laughs> but all, you know, all such beautiful places. And I don't know who it was who said it many years ago, but uh, 
trout live in beautiful places for the most part, you know, and you can go to any of these streams mm-hmm. and, and you're going to have a, a great outdoor experience just from the fact that uh, uh, they're just fabulous little jewels, I like to call them, because they're, they're, most of them are pretty tiny streams unless you know you get into the current river and, and the 11 point river is probably the largest of all the streams sure. but they all have their own personalities and you have to learn to fish them differently and and it's just a grand yeah. grand outdoor adventure to go to any of these well i, I have to ask you uh, kyle what's your favorite not that i'm wanting you to give away any honey holes but i have favorites <laughs> that you know i can go to others and catch bigger fish but i still have uh, favorites that uh, i go to most regularly Sure. Um, well, I mean, I got to come clean. I've actually only fished three of these streams myself. It's just such a long trip down there that I don't get down to fish them all. Um, so I'm going to go with the one that didn't, the one stream that didn't skunk me was uh, blue Springs. Um, that one, it was a very small stream and I went there in February on a very cold day and, uh, it was tough fishing, but got it done and got a nice little trout. And, um, it was even, you could tell, well, I would assume it was a uh, uh, wild trout. It had par marking still on its side, so right. um, it was a younger trout, and it was pretty cool. It is cool. I've fished uh, Bruce Springs probably as much as any of them because it's only 30 minutes for me, unfortunately. I'm, I live in St. James, Missouri, so I'm okay. I'm, I'm here uh, kind of between Blue Springs, uh, gosh, Barren Fork's about an hour, Current River's about an hour, 11 point hour and a half, uh, Little Piney Creek, 30 minutes, uh, Mill Creek, 30 minutes. And so I've I got most of them pretty close to me. Uh, yeah. Spring Creek. Where is Spring Creek? Uh, I believe Spring Creek would be just at the end of Little Piney Creek, if I'm correct. I believe Little Piney Creek flows into Spring Creek. I, I I think you're probably right. That's kind of over the Fort Leonard Wood area. I'm I'm thinking. Uh, don't hold me to that. But uh, yeah, so I've got a lot of these uh, creeks and streams just uh, pretty close to me. Uh, and uh, boy, it's, it's just been so much. I fished Little Piney Creek, uh, caught some nice fish out there. Probably fished it more than any of them, and simply because it's a little bit larger, some good runs there, some deep holes and. Just a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful stream, and and I've had on my list of things to do, you know, my bucket list ever since I've been to Ozarks to float that section from like Layton Springs all the way down to Newburgh. Uh, I think it's like nine miles, uh, and you go through some national forest lands. But that's still on my list. I don't know why I haven't gotten that done. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but one of these days. But let's let's back up to. Uh, uh, Blue Springs that you talked about over there. Now, I know in Blue Springs, in some areas, particularly in the summertime, you can easily jump across those streams. And I've mm-hmm. heard, in all this discussion I've heard over the years, I've heard some folks talk about Blue Springs. I remember one old gentleman in particular who made the statement, if you step in that stream at all, you're done fishing. And uh, there's probably a great deal of truth to that because mm-hmm. the stream is so, so small. So I, I got to ask you, when you went over, uh, I mean, how did you approach it? Uh, what, what size fly rod did you use? If you don't mind telling us, maybe a, a few of the flies that you tried there at Blue Springs. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a pretty basic fly fisherman. Um, but So I just, I think I had a number five rod on me and uh what did I, I ended up catching it actually on, which was a little odd for uh, the cold spring, but or the cold winter. But um, I ended up catching it on a elk or caddis, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I I'll, I'll be honest, I suck at nymphing, and um, I, I like fishing <laughs> top water because, like I told you, I like to fish in the mountains. And when I'm up there, it's summer, and those brookies just hammer anything on the surface, and so right. that's kind of what I'm good at. Um, so. Uh, I wasn't getting anything subsurface, so I swapped over to my uh, top water, and yeah, I caught one right below a little riffle. But you're spot on. On you step in the creek, the, the trout are just gone. Um, there was a couple times I'd be like, "Ah, oh, dang, there's nothing here." Step in the creek, and boom, you see a few trout <laughs> yeah. spook out from right where you should have been fishing. You're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I need to calm down, take my time." 
Yeah, I, th- I think we've all gone through that process, unless you had someone to mentor you, you know. It takes a while to figure some of these things out. But Blue Spring, too, if I remember right, the uh, spring branch is about a mile and a half, two miles long, winds through some wooded areas there, and you can get into a lot of yeah. overhangs and thick stuff. And actually, when I, I go over there, I don't use this rod often, but I, I have a two-weight rod that uh, Mr. Mark Van Patten made for me many, many years ago. And of course, I worry about b- breaking it as much as anything. The rod, weighs, <laughs> the rod weighs like an ounce and a half, but it's uh, seven foot, if I remember right. And I take that thing, and I, I like to fish with nymphs a lot. I do like the nymph uh, fish, but I'll take a small nymph a lot of time, kind of rainbow shoot that thing, you know, up under, up under some bushes and things. And, and, uh, and particularly in the hot summertime, unfortunately, that's when a lot of us fish. Uh, I I do prefer cooler weather, but particularly when you got heat going on, if you get something back up under those overhanging bushes, you're you're going to have a good chance of hooking up with one of these beautiful little trout. So uh, that's kind of the way oh, I fish sure. Blue Springs. But that's cool that you you actually caught one on top on uh, an elk hair caddis. I I said my biggest problem is deciding what to fish with because my wife says. Uh, I'm kind of like her, the way she is about shoes and purses, you know. <laughs> I have lots of flies, so I usually carry a sure. pretty big bag and study the stream a few minutes before I start fishing and then uh, try to make a decision and get down to, you know, two or three fly boxes that might do me good. But when we're talking about, again, these small streams like this, uh, I think we it would behoove us to let our listeners know, get, give them, uh, you know, a few tips about what are some of the flies that will work in these streams without having to take you know 300 flies with you if if you had to get down uh to it kyle what six five or six flies would you always take with you oh man i am the wrong person to ask that question (laughs) (laughs) hey Um, hey, we all have we all have an opinion (laughs) yeah well i mean i I, like i'm telling you though i i typically i stick to my um top water flies my dry flies um so i mean i I am honestly the wrong person to ask that question to. Um, well, what's your favorite so favorite I, gonna, end of dry flies? Oh, the elk hair caddis because it works every time for those brookies. <laughs> like I told you, I spend a lot of my time out west, and usually it's to get a lunch while I'm elk hunting or deer hunting along a stream. So um, I just, you know, I care about trout and the environs they're found in enough that I think starting this slam is a good thing for all the outdoors so oh i have absolutely well i'm uh, i'll answer that question for you then and again there you go yeah, go ahead <laughs> hey uh and again everybody's got an opinion and uh, oh man i might get some feedback from this some guys will tell me some of my buddies that cooper you're dumber in a box of rocks you don't want <laughs> why don't you <laughs> take what you care but i i tell you i love the beadhead nymphs and i love the uh, prince nymph it's one of my my favorites, and uh, I, I'd use some scud patterns. You know, they Im- Im- take the uh, mm-hmm. freshwater shrimp, tans, grays, pink. I've done well on those. And uh, I'm nuts about the little felt worms, you know, uh, as well. And I fish those on a beadhead, and I like them because uh, they get down in, in the water column. And if, I'm always trying to hit those deeper holes, sure. like darker water, and those uh three items will get down and i'm not opposed sometimes to putting a teeny tiny little bit of weight on a fly to help get it down and bump that bottom as well and if there's room if the water's big enough sometimes i'll fish a tandem fly outfit i may put a bead head on the uh the uh bottom 18 inches above it put something else uh there uh, a lot of times maybe an unweighted nymph or a, a worm or a leech pattern mm-hmm. uh there's certain times boy when leeches uh, just work like a charm for me well bud we need to take another break here i tell you time flies when you're having fun and when you're talking with uh, <laughs> you know like-minded people and talking about a sport that you love time really does fly by but folks stick with us uh we're going to take another short break but we'll be right back From all of us at the Living Dream Outdoor Podcast, we'd like to express our sincere condolences to the Maggard family of Acres Ferry Canoe Rental down on Current River. As many of you probably already know, both Gene and Marcus Maggard, that's father and son, both passed away from COVID symptoms uh, just a few weeks ago. 
Jean was about 80 years old, but Marcus was only 50. Both of them were icons in the floating and camping industry, and I've personally first started dealing with uh, Acres Ferry and Gene Maggard back in the late 1960s. And many, many times over the years, Gene has put me in on Current River as I've <clears throat> floated down the river to collect both article and photo material. And Marcus considered to uh, continue to do the same. So these are two gentlemen going to be greatly missed in the outdoor industry. And again, we express our condolences to the family and wish them the very best, and folks, be sure and continue to use Acres Ferry Canoe Rental, and uh, I'm sure they will want to hear from lots of you, and I hope to get back down there myself uh, before too long and get back on a beautiful current river that Gene and Marcus love so well. And I'd like to take a moment, too, to uh, recognize our great sponsors living the dream outdoor podcast because without them the show would not be possible here's the list and be sure and use these businesses at uh, every opportunity so that they'll continue to support us living the dream outdoor properties the fly rod journals smokerbuilder.com cowtown usa westover farms scenic rivers taxidermy stainwater boat fishing scenic rivers guide service and tours Hoosall valley resort Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, Rich's Famous Burgers, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinker and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters in, in Kaufman Cove, Alaska, and Bean Creek Game Calls. All great companies and outfitters and people, and we'll hope that you'll use their businesses at every opportunity. Well, it's giveaway time. This is something I enjoy on every pro program, and uh, great fun. I've been getting some good response from folks uh, who've been getting those $100 Academy gift cards and, and some other great uh, gifts as well. They're fishing lures, meals, uh, guide services, all sorts of things. But today... Our giveaway comes from Mike Unra uh, with Fallen Outdoors, and he's over at St. Roberts, Missouri. And I've been on the Big Piney River with uh, Mike, and uh, boy, does he ever enjoy the outdoors. He takes lots of veterans on on trips, and just a great service that he and his buddies provide. And uh, the winner of this trip will certainly have a good time with uh with Mike out on a big piney river. I'm sure there'll be some good smallmouth bass caught. But uh, here we go. Dig around in the hat here, and it looks like our winner of the uh, floating fishing trip with Fallen Outdoors is Pat Yabara. Uh, Pat is a Marine veteran, still a jarhead. <laughs> but Pat's a great outdoorsman. I'm sure that he and Mike will get along just fine and have a good time on the Big Piney River. In fact, I may have to finagle my way in there and see if I can join these guys for that trip because I know without a doubt it's going to be great fun. Stick with us. I'm Bill Cooper with Living the Dream Outdoors podcast. Well, welcome back, folks, to Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast. Man, we have got trout fishing on our brains today. And if we ever had a good time, that's Kyle Percorny and I. He's from Kansas City and with the Missouri Blue Ribbon Trout Slam. In fact, he was kind of an inventor of the slam. I, I feel privileged to have met you, Kyle, even though I don't see you face-to-face. -face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that special. You're not that special? Well, I tell you, anybody that goes to the effort that you have to create something good for the trout fishing citizens of Missouri, uh, hey, buddy, we have to look up to you. Well, in the break there, you had no. mentioned we, we'd made a little mistake on, on one of the streams. Can you straighten that out for me? Yeah, um, I misspoke. Um, I think I said Little Piney flows into Spring Creek. Um, Spring Creek flows into the Big Piney River uh, just east of uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Um as most of these streams are, um, I think it's the westernmost of Mill Creek, Spring Creek. Uh, I'm sorry, misspoke again. Mill Creek and uh, Little Piney. If you go a little bit further west, you'll run into Spring Creek. Um, uh, uh, we could, just we couldn't have been o we, we, we couldn't have been over ten miles off. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. But I wanted to correct that. Hey, uh, I appreciate that. It, 
and uh, I probably would have caught that later as I listen to programs, but I always like to put out the best information possible. Well, let's get, jump back yep. on the subject of talking about some of these streams. We talked a little bit about uh, Blue Springs. You mentioned still, yeah, as, as crazy as you are about trout fishing, you've only been to uh, three of the streams. Uh, what's one of the other streams you've been to? Um, so I actually hit them all in a weekend. So I went from uh, Blue Springs and hopped over to Little Piney. Um, and lost a couple trout there. I don't know. I was just having a bad day there. And then, uh, I think I finished that day up at Mill Creek. Um, and that's one of the cool things about a lot of these streams is they're so close together that you can hit a couple of them in a day. Um, not that I'm recommending that anyone, you know, move as fast as they can, you know, definitely slow down and enjoy the scenery there. Cause there's a lot to take in besides the trout. Um, but those are the three I fished and I have fished the 11 point river just on a portion i think i was in the white ribbon portion though i was not in the blue ribbon um so yeah well over at uh now the little piney creek uh, i mentioned that i have fished it uh, probably more than any of them and the reason i do i find more fish there than i have uh, in any of the other waters and that's, mm-hmm. that's just me now I catch a lot of you know five six seven eight inch uh trout but they have those par marks on them. they're just beautiful things i can't help myself yeah <laughs> i carry a camera with me everywhere i go and i catch one of those little guys i love to of course i like to keep them in water keep them wet and but often there's so much uh water cress in that stream that's real easy to kind of lay one in a damp spot you don't know, get your good photo quick photo shot with the whatever fly you mm-hmm. caught it on in the corner of the mouth but i catch just gobs of those little guys in that stream and occasionally you know i get to 10 11 12 inch fish and i think the largest i've ever caught out a little piney is about 15 inches but for a wild trout that's very respectable and uh just, oh yeah yeah uh if you don't mind my asking uh where, where did you start on the little piney did you you go to lane spring or I did. I started at Lane Springs, um, uh, and then I went both upstream and downstream from there, um, and that's where I was hooking into them, but I couldn't quite pull any in. Um, <laughs> there are days like and that. Yeah, you're, you're spot on, though, with saying that's where you see the most trout. I mean, that stream is by far the one we have the most entries on in the Trout Slam. Um, it seems to have the most success for people. Oh. Um, with that one, with that stream, though, I do want to add something there. Um uh, Highway 63, I believe it is, that crosses yes. it a little further upstream to the yep. south. Yeah. Um, a lot of people think you can access the stream or you can walk down the stream from there. Um, you actually cannot. There's private property there. So we've gotten in a little trouble with that where people um, trespass there and then people get upset with the Blue Ribbon Trout Slam saying we're sending people out to do that. So yeah. just want to add that out there that Good um, you can fish under the bridge, but... Uh, that's about all you can do at Highway 63. Yeah. Well, it's not that far if you want to go to Lane Spring. It's only a mile, mile and a half that way if you want to fish upstream. I've had more success actually fishing downstream uh, from Little Piney. But, boy, if you'll, t- you'll take mm-hmm. some time there. I try to do this in every stream, but, you know, sometimes I'm so anxious to get started fishing. I sometimes think I know it all, and then the fish let me know pretty quick. <laughs> I don't know very much, you know. But uh, I always like to take time and flip a few rocks and sit and watch uh, for a few minutes oh, yeah. before I start fishing to see what's going on. But Little Piney is just so full of uh, aquatic life. There's lots of different uh insects you get a lot of hatches there a lot of invertebrates and uh i just love that that stream and boy i just uh just can't help myself uh, i spend more time there sometimes than i should i actually do some public relations work for a place across interstate 44 over close to cuba missouri called cowtown usa and uh they've had me do some goofy things in my lifetime but uh i don't know if you've ever seen the spiders or kind of, i call them motorcycles for old people you know they got two wheels in the front and one in the back and they got pretty popular <laughs> for a while but these guys one time they i was in the store and i said take this home with you ride it to, you know do some uh, photographs, get some stuff up on Facebook, all the social media and stuff. I thought, cool, I can do that, you know, and tooled around a little bit. And I took it back in a few days, and they looked at the odometer, and they said, we told you to ride this thing. I said, well, I did. <laughs> but they needed so many hundred miles on it uh, to get it out of some status. So it, I don't know, it's it, a uh, sales thing, you know, but yeah. it had to have so many miles on it. 
So I hopped on that thing and uh, went to, over towards St. Louis. Went, yeah, I went all the way into Illinois and then turned around, come back, stopped, saw a few <laughs> things. But the second day, I headed south on it and I stopped at some of the trout streams. So I actually wrote, they call them spiders. I rode a spider into Lane Spring and, and uh, then stopped and fished for a while, caught trout. But that was a pretty cool trip. <laughs> it sounds like it. Oh, it was. I don't often get to do that that sort of thing. But Lane Spring, another cool thing about it for our listeners, is there's a U.S. Force uh, campground there, Forest Service campground that's open. It's pretty nice. got hookups and all that sort of thing. And, two, if you're going to park your car there, I think there's a vehicle, there's like a $2 fee for the day. But that's, that's pretty minimal. But I've camped there with kids, and there's a place, you know, they can swim in the creek. Uh, there's a pavilion, you know, uh, picnic areas, all that sort of thing. It's a very nice U.S. Forest Service uh, area that uh, I've enjoyed many, many times over the years. And uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. some of the other areas have similar things as well. But uh, moving on over to Mill Creek, what was your uh, impression about Mill Creek? Uh, I I didn't get to fish it a whole lot because it was getting towards dusk at that point. But um, it was a little bit smaller than uh, Little Piney, but right. bigger than Blue Springs. Exactly. Um, I think it was kind of a, a medium-sized creek there. Because um, Little Piney actually had some decent flows, at least when I was there. And uh, But Mill Creek, there was definitely trout there. Once again, though, I spooked them by walking too much in the creek and not enough on the shore. Um, you know, you almost got to hunt the trout at times rather than fish for them. So right. um, it, was a, it was a neat little creek, though, for sure. It really is. And, again, uh, there's a, I don't think they have a campground there anymore. There's kind of a picnic area along Mill Creek you can stop at. But the Mill Creek's always been pretty tough on me. I don't know if I'm going at the wrong time of year or what. I catch the little guys, but I've never caught any uh, rainbows of any, you know, real healthy sizes there. Although I heard a story about a decade ago of like a nine-pounder that came out of there. And uh, that's – Wow. Yeah, and it's a true story, too, as well. Uh, Oh, I I believe it. Yeah, I – I've researched enough and dug and found out that it was actually a, a true story. But uh, I think that's the only time that's ever happened and probably will never happen again. And, we're, you know, the ones of us are fishing these wild trout streams, uh, we are certainly not expecting to run into that kind of fish. If I ever hooked a nine-pounder, I'm not going to have him hooked long because I'm usually fishing six, seven, and eight X. <laughs> Leaders, which right. are, you know, like a pound and a half, two pounds, heavy is at three pounds. So a nine pounder would take care of that in, in short order. But I have to say, you know, of all these streams, of course, I'm fond of all of them. But uh, I think uh, the Eleven Point River is probably my favorite. It's not only a favorite uh, trout stream, but it's a favorite float stream as well. It's it's just so different from the other streams. Now, it can get pretty big uh, downstream, but you don't get the gravel bars on 11 point like you get on the Current River or the Merrimack or mm-hmm. some of these others, other streams. And you've the thing you've got to learn about the 11 point is you've got to get down deep. There's some deep, deep holes there. And I've had pretty good success actually using a, a sinking line. And uh, I fish a lot of streamers in the 11 point, bigger flies. And again, even sometime with the weighted lines, I, I wind up putting a little weight on the line just to get down. And some very small crayfish patterns uh, have I've had great success with those. And of course, we all, as we put the time in, we develop our, our own favorites. But I think you and I both, uh, boy, I'd, I really agree with you uh, on the uh, benefits of this Missouri Blue Ribbon Trout Slam. And uh, I, I really appreciate the fact that you guys are keeping tabs on what's going on. And if in the future uh, pressure does become too much that uh, – that you'll remove any particular stream from this yeah. this slam. That that's just to be uh, commended. But here in the last uh, couple of minutes of the program, uh, Kyle, I'd like for you, if you would, to let people know, uh, hey, how they get on the Facebook page, where they go, where they get information, sure. who they need to contact, that sort of thing. Fill us in. Sure. So if someone's looking for general information on how to fish these streams uh sounds like right now your podcast is a great place but uh secondly um yeah the facebook page um we try to keep a facebook page friendly and uh informational um 
but there's lots of great tips um, out there. Lots of people ask questions about where they should fish, what they should use. And, and I think there's some good responses on, um, on what to use then um, or, or where to fish. Uh, after that, the, well, probably the first place to start actually would be the MDC webpage that I mentioned earlier. Um, when you go there, like I said, there's a list of all the streams. If you go into those streams, you can also see, um, you can click on them and then there's a map of the blue ribbon section of the stream that you can fish. Um, with that said, it doesn't always show public versus private land on those streams. So people do need to be careful about where they are accessing the streams from. Um, for example, uh, Baron Fork Creek, um, it's a short stream. It has five different sections really of it. Um, the upper section, the middle section and the lower section are public two sections in between are private. And so people need to stay out of there. Um, and that's just an important thing that we've run into with this. Um, but we have information on that on the MDC webpage, as well as on our Facebook page. Um, yeah, that's, those are probably the places to go to find out information. Um, I think another thing to highlight that we try and promote on the Facebook page that you alluded to a little bit earlier was taking good care of the trout. Um, keep them wet. You know, when you, when you catch one, um, if you have to remove it from the water, make sure your hands are wet. Um, and then try and get it back in the water as quickly as possible. When you want to take that picture of the trout, don't hold the trout up by its lip or by the fly hanging from its lip. Um, you know, hold them in a nice side, uh, manner so that you don't put undue strain on their jaw or anything. Um, and, and keep them in a net as much as possible. That really helps to keep them in the water then as well. Don't set them on the rocks or anything. Um, also pay attention to the temperature of the water. We have posts on our uh, Facebook page every year. We try to post out there in the summer. Um, as those water temps start to rise, those fish can get stressed a lot quicker and die. And you may not see them die. You might pull one in and be like, Oh, it's a healthy fish. Let it go. And then it, um, swims a little ways and dies because it was stressed out. So, you know, if, if it's a hot July day, maybe not a good time to go fishing for these trout. Um, or if you, have to keep it to the morning or evening when it's a little bit cooler. Also use heavier gear to try and uh, pull the trout in quicker so that they don't fight as much on their way in. Um, those are just some of the pointers that you'll find on our Facebook page, um, as well as the MDC webpage. Um, if you need to get, or when you go to enter a trout stream for, um, one of your entries, you would go to the MDC webpage. And on that same page, I've referenced multiple times. There is a, um, at, towards the bottom of the page, I believe I'm pulling it up now. There is enter your catch. You click there. Um, you enter your streams. People can enter them as they catch them, or they can wait to enter them all at once. Um, either way, we keep track of them on our end. Once you get to five streams, you check a little box that says, I have completed my fifth stream. At that point, it'll ask for your address. We will then, um, send you a lapel pin that a bronze award because you caught five or trout from five of the streams. It also comes with a little certificate for bronze. And then when you get to seven, you get a silver award, a, a silver lapel pin along with a silver certificate. And then when you get to gold, you get a gold lapel pin, a gold certificate, and a gold medallion. That's a little bit bigger. And um, people have made some pretty cool displays out of their awards um, that they share on the Facebook page as well. So that's just how you enter it. Um, yeah, I think that's everything people would need to know if they have any other questions they can reach me at uh let me pull up what's the email here missouri trout slam at ozark council tu.org um that's the the email address that we use to monitor this trout slam and once again it's missouri trout slam at ozark council tu.org tu as in trout unlimited Right. Great, great information. Kyle, man, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the program. And i got to say, folks, I've just been on their webpage for the last couple of days. And, uh, wow, well done. And uh, lots of people talking back and forth. Great place for information. And it's just another exciting mm -hmm. thing that we can do in the Missouri Ozarks. Folks, from Kyle Picorni and myself, uh, Bill Cooper, uh, hey, we're living our dreams in the outdoors. And we hope that you, too, will go into the Missouri outdoors and live your outdoor dreams. Hey guys, this is Frank Cox with Living the Dream Outdoor Properties. Hey, have you ever considered a career in real estate? 
If you have, but you don't have your license, this is your opportunity. So each month, the Living the Dream Outdoor Properties team is giving away a free seat to the online training that you need to take in order to get your real estate license. We would love to have you join our team. All you got to do is go to our website, livingthedreamland.com, and then click on the Our Team button, and then click on the one that comes up under that that says Join Our Team. On that page, there's an application form. Just simply fill that out and get in contact with a member of our team, and I'll be giving you a call. We appreciate you, and uh, good luck. The Live in the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Live in the Dream Outdoor Properties, The Fly Rod Journals, SmokerBuilder.com, Cowtown USA, Westover Farms, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy, Stained Water Bow Fishing, Scenic Rivers Guide Service and Tours, Huzzah Valley Resort, Pico Lures, Devil's Backbone Outfitters, Cardiac Mountain Outfitters, Mary's County Bank, The Fallen Outdoors, Ledco Sinkers and Lure Company, Turnbow Outdoors, J&J Charters, and Rich's Famous Burgers. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog, the calming silence of a bubbling stream over the sirens of the city, and the quiet of the countryside over the hustle and bustle of the world. We hunt, we fish, we farm. We live off the land. It's our mission to help our clients live out their dreams on the land as we do. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we believe that it's not just land, it's a lifestyle. Join us five days a week on Living the Dream Outdoor Podcast as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.